Welcome to this week's Green Side Up. This is Richard Henschel, horticulture educator for the University of Illinois Extension Service, and I wanted to talk about several things going on in the yard this over the past week or so, or things that are going to be happening. Uh, we've noticed now, noticed now for a long time that our tulips have, have died down and are gone in our yard, but I would say that in the recent days when we've had all the hot weather, uh, that's finally taken out the last of the daffodils. So your daffodils out in the yard, if you have been uh, watching routinely, uh, are uh, yellowing, they're browning, they're collapsing. Uh, and that's an indicated indication to you that it's okay to go ahead and remove the tops at this point. Uh, before you do that, by the way, if, you're, uh, if you want to dig them up and divide them and reset them, you can do that now as well. And the tops make an easy uh, ID mark so that you know where they're at. Later on, come fall, uh, you might have a hard time finding them or the first shovel in the ground, you cut several in two. So this is a good way to uh, get them divided right now uh, while you can see uh, exactly where there are. So that's something that that could be done um, out elsewhere in the yard. Um, while we've had great weather, green, grass growing weather prior to this uh, hot dry spell, the grasses have quickly started to slow down, especially if you're not watering. In fact, a lot of places the ground has been is actually cracking and dry. Um, while the, all that moisture was good earlier, it certainly uh, the, the faucet certainly shut off. So for a lot of us, we may or may not have had recent rains or even maybe just sprinkles, but the lawns have certainly show, slowed down from their uh, spring flush that they usually have. So uh, continue to mow as needed. You probably find the frequency of your mowing will lessen now as the as the drier weather has really slowed down down the grass, so make sure you uh, keep mowing uh, as necessary, um, and, and I guess enjoy the relaxed frequency. Um, by now, by the way, June, July time frame here, it's uh, uh, probably time to go ahead and sharpen the mower blades for the for the rest of the summer as well. So that's something else that you might think about doing. Uh, elsewhere, for those that have uh, one or two fruit trees or even a small home orchard, uh, I've mentioned on the show lots of times before that we had such a strong disease pressure for, for apple trees, especially for cedar apple rust and apple scab, that uh, those, those uh, early sprays were very important to keep the disease infestation down on your, on your apple trees. And now that that infection period is pretty much stopped, um, it's important to continue what is often called cover sprays, which are you will continue to cover the developing apple. And apples grow from the uh, blossom end, not the stem end. So it's important that as we make our cover sprays, we're covering the entire fruit. We're protecting them from from uh, residual disease activity, uh, but also from up and coming diseases, uh, summer diseases like uh, fly speck and, and, uh, and sooty mold would be prevented with a, with a continuation of your cover sprays. You will also be protecting those apples from the typical insects, uh, the, the maggot in the apple, the, the coddling moth and the uh, apple maggot itself. Uh, those are two insects that you will continue to protect the apples from. So make sure you continue the cover sprays. Follow the label because each product is a little different in how often or or the length of time between sprays uh, is covered. And then also when you should stop spraying so that you can harvest the apple knowing that uh, there's nothing left on the apple to be concerned with. Um, wanted to talk a few more minutes about uh, the kind of insects 
that are out there feeding versus diseases that you might see. If you're looking at holes in your foliage, that's either caused by a chewing insect or the, the tail end of perhaps a foliar disease. When a chewing insect feeds, usually the disease, the uh, feeding damage, the edge of the damage is very smooth and clean. That's how an insect feeds. Uh, if it the hole you're looking at came from uh, a disease, a foliar disease, and now the dead cells have fallen out of the leaf. That's a much uh, more rough, tattered looking edge. There's usually a brown margin, a very uneven brown margin around the wound. Um, that's indicative of a disease versus a smooth margin, which tells you it was probably a beetle or a caterpillar feeding on that foliage. Um, the other kinds of um, insects that you might find damage for would include those sucking insects like an aphid. And there the telltale sign is that the leaf surface is gooey and sticky and shiny. That's because the aphid was feeding on the leaf above it on the underneath side being protected. Uh, and that exudate, the honeydew that comes out of the, the tail end of the aphid, uh, creates the sticky, shiny uh, appearance that you see on the leaves. Um, so that's another kind of insect, uh, not quite as obvious. Uh, you might find drops of sap on your car windshield or on lawn furniture, and it might be caused from the aphids feeding on that, on that plant. The, uh, <clears throat> another kind of insect that's out there would be uh, slugs. And they kind of favor our hostas, and uh, they hide out during the day in the in the dirt just underneath the surface below the plant, and then march up, uh, crawl up the plant, uh, and feed on the foliage foliage during the night. Telltale sign that confirms that it's going to be slugs is they leave a slime trail behind, so there's a little shiny trail of where they've been. Slugs are really a snail without a shell, so they run on that same foot pad that a snail does. And, and in that way, leave the sign behind. Control for slugs is reasonably simple. You can lay a flat piece of board or a part of a shingle underneath the, underneath in the bed, and they will favor hiding on, on, the, on the underneath side of that rather than burrowing back into the dirt. And you can clean them up, pick the board up, and you will find dozens of slugs waiting for removal either off the board or off the shingle. So that's uh, an easy way to uh, kind of manually or organically uh, remove the slugs. Uh, there are also baits that are available if, if that's the route you'd want to go. So those are some of the things that are going on um, in, the, in, in the yard right now. Uh, pay attention to your trees and shrubs. Be looking for insect populations. Aphids, for example, can be very few on Monday and be thousands by Friday. So be aware and be, be monitoring that. The other insect that uh, uh, should show up pretty soon might be the Japanese beetle. Uh, populations are going to vary again this year because of the kind of weather we've had the past uh, few summers and winters. But they're heavy feeders. Their, their favorites seem to be roses and lindens. They don't consistently feed on roses the whole time. They, they fly around. They're uh, they kind of a buffet feeder. So you'll have um, uh, a variety of damage on a lot of plants, all caused by the Japanese beetle. Uh, they have a unique defense mechanism. If you bump them, you know, they kind of collapse and fall. So you can collect them in a bucket of soapy water and dispose of them that way. There are, there are uh, tr uh, insecticide treatments as well if, if you really have to treat the, 
treat a great big tree that you can't really get the bugs off of manually. So there are some options available to us uh, for managing um, Japanese beetles as well. Well, this has been Richard Henschel, this week's Green Side Up. It's always a pleasure, and I'll be back again next week.